What's up, everyone, and welcome back. Congratulations, you are back with District Baseball once again as we continue on with our ranking seasons today, tackling the top third baseman in baseball. I won't say it, even though it is a jam-packed episode. It's not quite as jam-packed episode. We'll be able to talk about uh, these guys a little bit more in-depth than we did last week. Uh, But before we get to that, Trey, what's going on, my friend? Nothing much. Just uh, excited to to bring our, our opinions to the third base uh group here because i've been seeing a lot of takes on the internet and uh i've got some thoughts so we'll just do they come from the same cluster of mlb or mlb fans that believed spencer strider was the cy young award winner you know it might have something to do with the same fan base but we'll see i kind of got that that vibe but uh, yeah like you said we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that um a little housekeeping we were just discussing, you know, before we start recording behind the scenes, we'll we'll do our kind of like all encompassing Nats episode slash other MLB moves that's coming out next week. So I know you guys have been asking for it. That That's on the way with the Nats as, you know, our Nats fan base uh, can attest to. It's been real slow. <laughs> it's been real slow. So it's like yeah. ra- rather than doing bits and pieces a little bit, little bit by little bit as the news trickles in we're just doing one big one and obviously as you guys i'm sure have been following on twitter there's a little bit uh more to talk about with the the masson situation the Orioles sale how that impacts the nationals how that impacts the nationals potential sale well we're going to dive all into that next week it is going to be an audio only episode um so for our youtube subscribers be sure to check us out at district baseball wherever you get your podcasts you know apple spotify our iHeartRadio. we're on all the platforms so be sure to uh subscribe to us there as well so you don't miss anything but that'll be a a little uh, audio exclusive episode that we'll dive into uh no restraints you know we're we're gonna go off on on plenty of tangents and cover it all so i just want to touch on that um but today we are continuing on with ranking seasons as we tackle the top 10 third baseman so let's get into it and trey i think this is kind of what you were alluding to we're going to start at number one as we have been doing and to me it's still pretty clear cut it is a conversation i'm more than willing to have a conversation right but it doesn't go very far for me i'm not very moved because the number one guy the the person you had at number one, I had at number one, and then obviously we have collectively at number one, has been there, done that, been doing it, right? He, he's not just like, oh, he had one great year. This guy has been doing it for, for years now, got paid by a city, by a franchise that does not pay people. That's how good he is. And I think he's still underrated and undervalued somehow, which is beyond me, but Jose Ramirez is number one on our list. And I'm not all that inclined to move him. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Uh, I think people we've been saying it for years, so it shouldn't be the case anymore. But he's still underrated. He still Somehow. gets overlooked. And I don't understand when you when you look at the the F4 list for the last three seasons, who's at the top? Jose Ramirez. It's it's I, I just I'm I, I don't understand bouncing him for the for the next guy who I I, I agree there's a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to wait for Jose Ramirez to fall down a little bit before we really start 
having those conversations because he's only 30, 31, just turned 31. And he hasn't slowed down at all. So I don't see why you'd move him. He, we had him uh, as in our top three last year, it was him and Arenado and Machado. And he was the only one that, that stuck with that, that great play that both that all three of those guys were, were almost identical numbers. Yeah. Maybe no, I mean, slight, like a slight dip, but not too much where you would be concerned. Yeah. And the thing about Ramirez as well, he is, he's a five tool guy. Like he has the, the fielding. He's a, he's a good fielder, not the best, but he's good. And he's it's a declined great, in recent years. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that point, but yeah, it's still I good. Can, I'll agree with that. Um, great base runner has the stolen base mm. uh, switch hitter hits for power hits for average does it all uh and that's why i think he he doesn't he should not be getting bounced from the number one spot having said that the number two spot is austin riley and he's excellent let's let's not get that twisted he's a young guy he's only i think he's entering his age 27 season um and he has made extreme improvements to become a more well-rounded player because he's always a really good hitter uh, he cut right. down the strikeouts to make make himself more of a contact oriented guy as well as the power. And he's gotten way better on defense and he's a solid base runner. I mean, he doesn't steal bases, but he's smart. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think there's something to be said about that. But I can't bounce Jose Ramirez for Austin Riley at this point. Now, if Ramirez does have a have a drop off at some point, then, yeah, Austin Riley moves into that one spot because he's young and he's just continuing to to play well. So. Uh, and he's super consistent as well. He's pretty much put up this exact season three years in a row. Um, yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm shit talking Austin Riley because I'm not. But I'm just trying to elevate Jose Ramirez to the pedestal that he deserves. Right, uh, and, and I'm on the same page. Um, I think you also have to remember that, for all intents and purposes, this is like by this, I mean, 2023, the worst team that Jose Ramirez has played on. And that kind of brings everything down a notch. Like you've heard players like Christian Yelich, even Josh Bell when he was traded here, which is hilarious in hindsight, uh, considering how bad this team was. Uh, But they talked about how when you're doing poorly, it just kind of brings everything down. Like you're not as motivated. Obviously, you know, you look at a kind of a team stat, like RBIs, those numbers are going to be a little bit lower when your team's not doing as well. And guys are not on base in front of you, all that, all things of that nature, but the, the stats we can control, right. You know, the, the home runs, the K rate, the walk rate, like all of those have remained steady for Jose Ramirez. So that's really why I'm not inclined to drop him. But to your point, like Austin Riley has basically been doing this steadily for three years, at least offensively, while his defense has improved. Um, Like his defense was below average when he entered the league with the Braves and has steadily improved year after year. Um, And, you know, he keeping his strikeout rate, like it's not great, but it's serviceable, especially if you're hitting near 40, 40 bombs and, you know, doing the damage that he does for me, it's, I don't know. It's like, I'll ask you this. Say Jose Ramirez has the same season again in 2024, like almost mere stats of 2023. What does Austin Riley have to do to to take over that one spot? I think he's got to. Or does he? I I, I feel like he could. If Ramirez had the same exact season, it was about a five-war season. Really good. Really good season. Um, but if Austin Riley, let's say, elevates himself to be in that MVP conversation, that's kind of what I'm he thinking. He could jump over Ramirez, but 
Um, at this point, I think Jose Ramirez is probably still going to be in an MVP conversation. So I don't know. Right. <laughs> if they're right. both in the, in, the, in the conversation, then I don't yeah. lose anything. But yeah. And and that that's the internal dialogue I've been having in my head. It's like, what does Austin Riley need to do? Because I'll admit, like, and I talked about this last week, and, you know, maybe it's just a Braves bias thing because the, the Braves are my most hated team in baseball. Like, I didn't believe in Austin Riley when it came up. Like, yeah, he was hitting bombs, but he was striking out like almost 40% of the time and was barely hitting above 200 he, he was terrible and then 2020 happened it is what it is like that's just kind of a throwaway year for everyone and i think part of me still has some of that narrative in my head but like now i'm fully admitting that he's a, a top two third baseman in, in in baseball um yeah. and there's at least an argument for him to be number one like i i had him ranked number two yeah you had when him ranked he, number two when he elevates to that MVP conversation because Jose Ramirez has been in the MVP conversation and Manny yeah. Machado has been in the MVP conversation and Nolan Arenado has been in that. So we need Austin Riley to get to that once. And then you're like, okay, he's legit. And then you can maybe start thinking about putting him at number one. Yeah. I, th- I think for him, like the, the toughest part for him is just his team. You know, That's you true. have, yeah, he gets lost two, cause... three other guys on that team alone. That might be, you know, in the MVP conversation, you know, Acuna, Matt Olson, maybe some other guys, you know, elevate their game as well. But then you have like some really good hitters. Uh, you know, Sean Murphy's a good hitter. Um, Ozzy Albies is a good hitter. Michael Harris Jr. And I mean, I hate him, but like Marcelo Zuna is still putting up 30 bombs a year. So it's like, it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle. So, you know, that, and that's why I pose this question. It's like, Austin Riley's doing, it's not like he's doing poorly. (laughs) Like, yeah. So it's, you know, I don't think it's through any fall of his own, but let's, let's say this, if he puts up like, you know, 110 RBIs, 40 home runs, you know, the defense takes another small step forward. He cuts down the K rate a little bit more. Um, I think that's when we, like, I really feel the pressure, like assuming Jose Ramirez, his stats stay the same. Um, But right now, like, it's just they're one and two mm-hmm. they, they just are no one no one else at least right now is really close there's a couple of guys that could be but they need to bounce back or you know also need to take their game to the, the, uh, the next level but Austin Riley is very very good I don't think yeah I mean we, we anyone's denying. it sounds like some 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 of this could be like acting like we're disparaging him but he's moving up our list from yes. I think number four or five last year so like he's yeah. he's still going up he's still really young he just has to elevate one more time, and then I would be willing to put him at number one. Agreed. Or consider Speaking it, at of, least. Yeah. Speaking of bad teams, um, this was a team that severely underperformed last year, and I can only imagine had an impact on the entire team and the kind of uh, chaos I can only imagine was in that clubhouse. Manny Machado comes in at number three, and I think in general, if someone – you know, if I'm having a conversation with someone, they're like, Manny Machado is the best third baseman in baseball. I don't hate that take. I don't hate it. I don't agree with it, but I don't hate it. We would have it's agreed last the, year. Right. I'm pretty the, sure we put him at one. Yeah, I think we did. Uh, <laughs> as he was hitting that bomb in the World Baseball Classic, that, that clip. Yeah, that's players. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, you know, you see 30 home runs, 91 RBIs. His K rate actually went down to a very impressive, like 18%. Like that's, that's uh, an, like, honestly, an exceptional K rate uh, for someone who's hitting the power um, or hitting the ball the, the way Manny Machado does with power. It's just, it, 
it was almost disappointing because it wasn't the Manny Machado we we've come to know or like the, the batting average dropped 40 points. The OBP dropped 50 points. The slugging dropped 70 points, but all in all, like it wasn't a terrible season. He missed some games. He was injured a little bit. So, you know, maybe that impacted things, but like it just, it, it wasn't the Manny Machado standard. So even though he's three, it doesn't feel like the, the same level of top three that we've previously put Manny Machado at. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I will say that Machado is, and he's consistent in his inconsistency in that he has these hills and valleys in his career. And mm-hmm. the reason that we keep him this high is because he just had a, a valley which means he's probably going up he's the due. hill. He's due. <laughs> so, and his defense uh, hasn't hasn't waned. Yeah, defense is still excellent. So that's yeah. And w- w- he was number six in in WAR for third baseman. So he was still very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The bat just took a slight step down compared to his otherworldly hitting season in 2022. But I'm expecting that to go back up. So uh, I could I could see him putting another. 2022 season up in 2024 um, because that's kind of what he does. He, he just likes to show up for the odd year, I guess. I don't really understand why, but that's how it is. Uh, so we didn't, we didn't feel like it was necessary to move him super far down based on one still pretty good season. I mean, it just wasn't Manny Machado, um, right. but he's still excellent and uh, deserves the, the number three spot until further notice. Agreed for sure. Number three. All right, four through six is really where we get into like the next complex conversation because obviously it's just me and you doing these rankings. We're going to have some ties. We're going to have some tiebreakers. Uh, we actually had a three-way tie for the first time ever in our rankings, the first of which is Alex Bregman, who just gets the the four spot due to war or F-war. That's the tiebreaker we use. Whoever has the highest career F-war, you know, gets that higher spot. Um, so Bregman being the elder statesman of this trio, Uh, gets this number four spot, even though four through six are interchangeable for us. Um, Listen, Bregman, solid player. And we we talked about this earlier, like his career is just so skewed by 17 and 18, or excuse me, 18 and 19, where they were clearly cheating. And I know you can't take those seasons out, but if you kind of just take a step back and look at everything else, you see like a solid but not MVP level player Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where my view is of him like yes he cheated and yes those numbers are outstanding but we haven't seen anything close to that since right he hit 31 home runs in 2018 41 in 2019 right and obviously the (laughs) rbi the rbi numbers came with that and the strikeout numbers went down although you know his strikeout numbers are are uh pretty pretty good regardless um but like his his next career high in home runs is 25. So you're saying six below 2018 and 16 below 2019 while you're still in your prime. Like, I, I just don't I don't believe you, you know. So if we're just looking at this like from last year, 25 home runs, 98 RBIs, um, you know, a, a, an 800 ish OPS, like a fine player, fine defense, you know, firmly in that middle of the pack of the top 10 i'm just not wowed um and that's kind of just where i'm at like until i know he can do it without cheating i'm not gonna believe he can you know yeah, I mean, so there's no I reason just, to believe it 
Right. Right. Whereas, yeah, some of the other guys we'll talk about here in a second, they have a way higher ceiling than Alex Bregman, like a way higher ceiling. So that's kind of I had Bregman down. Or no, we both have him at five. Um, So neither of us had him at four, but ironically, he comes in at four. Um, What are your thoughts on Bregman? Um, You pretty much nailed it. I mean, it's it's just based on the fact that we don't know what player he really is. Um, This is probably closer to what he really is. Um, uh, You can't say definitively that he that he only had those seasons because he was cheating or they were cheating or whatever. But the I mean, Altuve's had seasons since then that are similar and Bregman has not. Right. And that's the Mm -hmm. difference is when you see that and you see that he hasn't made anywhere close to that level of power hitting especially now having said that great player um i mean if you're gonna give me four war every year you're gonna give me solid defense you're gonna hit you're gonna get on base you're not gonna strike out i'm taking it um yeah so but it's yeah it's just like he can't move past number four or any he can't move into the top i don't even feel great with him at four yeah i'm just gonna change my (laughs) rankings to have him lower i know and that's probably because it just feels wrong because it's it's it, just looking at the numbers. It's pretty obvious that he benefited heavily from their system, but um, he's yeah. still really good. Um, so it's it's tough, uh, but um, I'm OK with him there. But any higher would be a problem for me. Yeah, like I said, a four is even a little too high for, yeah, for me. <laughs> my number four, who I had on my list, and I know we're going to talk about the defense. I know we're going to talk about some level of inconsistency. But for me, you know, the offensive output combined with if he can just play replacement level defense. And I know even that's kind of like a lot to ask right now, although 2022 wasn't bad. Rafael Devers comes in uh, at number five for us. You had him six. I had him four. I really like his offensive profile. Obviously, we've seen some massive seasons from him. And I think, you know, as I've been talking about with a couple of other guys, like the Red Sox just being in a state of purgatory and misery right now, like what the hell are they doing? You know, they're a huge market acting like they're the Washington Nationals or, you know, the the Oakland A's or Tampa Bay Rays or anything or whatever. Um, but I still think Rafael Devers deserves a lot of love and recognition um last year wasn't his best but it was still a 33 home run 100 rbi type year and it hit a mid 800s ops um if you want obviously we have to factor in the defense the defense is not great we could see a position change maybe first base i don't know how he would necessarily translate there they have tristan Cassis, so maybe not maybe they just look to make him a dh but they have a couple of guys that are already kind of that dh ish profile as opposed to a fielder so you know i i think the defense will be the thing holding him back from like a top three top two spot unless it can improve which it looked like for a second it was but then it really took a step back last year the entire red sox defense team defense was awful last year yeah. um but again i i, st- I don't want to like discount or forget about Rafael Devers because I think he can put up if we're just going off top 10 list offensive season it would not shock me if he has the best offensive season this year uh you know I think his offensive ceiling is far higher than Alex Bregman's even though you know Bregman's had those seasons we obviously know why he had those seasons Devers has had hitting seasons that were much better than this and I think that he can do it again he's only 27 
He's 27. That's actually insane. Devers is three years younger than Bregman and already has four seasons higher than or four seasons with more home runs than any non-cheating season that Bregman has. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to think about. Like I can remember him hitting a role as Chapman, taking a role as Chapman's 102 the opposite way as like a 19 year old rookie. Yeah, I feel like that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, um, but yeah, time. offensive ceiling is way higher for Devers. This is this is honestly a low end offensive season for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm expecting him to go up offensively. But yeah, the defense is obviously it's always going to be a, an issue with with him. It's just he's just not that good over there. But uh, if he can hit good enough, then and, and play like you said, just maybe replacement level. Not even doesn't have to be average. Just like not the worst. Right. Then I think you're gonna I think you're gonna accept that uh with open arms um at number six on our list by the way was my pick for number four mr gunner henderson who we mentioned last week because we don't actually mm-hmm. know what their plan is if they're going to end up playing him at shortstop if they're going to play him at third base bring up holiday i don't know right nobody knows holiday's um, so, gonna be up at some point just when yeah and it and depends where he played he could put they could put him at second I, they, they have a lot of options so we'll have to wait and see um but Henderson, obviously, being a, a rookie last year and and being as good as he was, gives me a lot of hope that he's just going to improve. Um, and I think the only thing that you can really point at in his game is the K rate, which is twenty five percent, which is it's not manageable. That's that's still yeah, that's still a manageable thing. But he has, yeah. I think, his ceiling is higher for for his K. I feel like he can he can bring that down under twenty percent and still maintain his power um, as he continues to progress in his career because he's he was a rookie last year um yeah. so uh i'm i'm thinking he'll take another slight step forward um if he doesn't it's honestly who cares because he was still really good if he has the same season again as a young guy i don't think anyone's going to complain about it so um i can understand why you had him at six because you, obviously you will probably want to just see more uh, yep. make sure that's all literally all it is. I won't yep. say one <laughs> negative thing about him. I just want to see one more season like this. Yep. Just, That's just all. Give us the yeah. give us the viewing. Give us the show before us, I put watch you. It. Yeah, like I know I kind of spoke more of the negatives with Bregman, but like before I put you over someone who's been doing it for eight years, even like it's crazy to think about. Even Rafael Devers has been doing it for like seven years now. Yeah, yeah. So it it's is, like it before I put before I jump the gun and put you above either one of those guys, just show me one more, yeah, and then I'm right we, there. Before we jump right the there. Gunner. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was good. 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 That, 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 that was good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right. That's corny. All right. Um, I, no, anyways. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. So I'm all through. Or all, all aboard uh, the gunner train. And I think, let's say Jackson Holiday does play short. I think that's really only going to help gunner. Because it's just two young guys, they I can actually don't know if they played together in the minor leagues. Maybe Jackson Holiday was just a smidge behind Gunner. Um, when was Holiday drafted? Twenty one. Yeah, well, he yeah, no, no, twenty two. He came up like he he Christ. soared through the mine. Like he was ridiculous. Last yeah. Year. So and Gunner debuted in twenty two. So I don't know if they actually played together. But regardless, you know, they're effectively. Well, Gunner's not a rookie anymore. Two young guys on the left side of the infield. I think they're going to mesh really well together, and I think that's only going to help Gunner. Yeah, so. and our, like like we said, our four through six is pretty much interchangeable. Yeah. Um, but heading on to our seven through ten, at number seven is a is a guy that's been doing it for a long time, who struggled mm-hmm. last year. He just wasn't wasn't good. Honestly, I mean, he was good. Like, I'm not going to complain about his season it just if, wasn't if to was his my standard team, but this is not this guy and that's nolan arenado mm-hmm. um now i think uh arenado probably overperformed his offense last season when he had his crazy seven wars in 2022 yeah yeah but i wasn't necessarily expecting him to come crashing this hard down to earth with his offensive numbers only had a 107 wrc plus uh only 26 homers for arenado which is not that much um Slugging was 459, which is definitely below his career standard. Uh, and he he his he struck out more. He had, mm-hmm. he had brought his K rate down to you know 10 11. He was kind of up more 16, which is still really good, by the way. But it's higher than it was, so that's just a kind of a something to look at and be like, that's a little concerning. But the the weirdest part was the defense was just average, and uh, yeah. that's that's definitely weird. Um, I still want to give him a chance to to show that he's not going to go on a decline here, but he is getting into his 30s. Um, sometimes it can be hard to hit uh, in St. Louis. So maybe that's something that's come through. But um, I'm definitely willing to keep him keep him up on the on the top 10 because he is Nolan Arenado. He's been that guy. He had a yeah. he had a not not amazing season in 21 when he got traded and then had a great season. So um Maybe maybe he goes kind of odd year like year. Machado, and yeah. we see him have a big year again this year. So he could still totally have a big season. Um, but I'm a little, I'm getting a slightly concerned. Let's just say that. Yeah. So for me, I don't want to say expected, but like take out the 2022 season just for a second. I, I obviously don't want to take it out because that's that helps our argument. It doesn't hurt it. 2021 and 2023 were near identical seasons in a lot of respect. The only big difference was the slugging percentage dropped, which can be accounted to eight fewer home runs, which you mentioned, but like 112 WRC plus to 107 WRC plus within like the margin, the range of outcomes that you would kind of expect, like 
building off of a, of a 112 WRC plus season. It's certainly not the 130 WRC plus seasons he was having in Colorado, but again, that might be due to age. Like he's in his thirties. Now he's getting a little bit older, obviously, you know, as guys get older, their, the range of motion, I'm not trying to say, you know, Arenado's like falling apart or anything like that. Like he's a 45 year old Tom Brady or anything like that, but you know, he was making plays that didn't make sense. And now he, yeah, he's for years, just, right? <laughs> so it's like now he's just kind of like making the routine plays as you know you would kind of want your third baseman to do, and he's not making the exceptional ones anymore. And so that might be you know the, the natural progression of decline, but he's still very much a top, you know a top ten third baseman. For me, it's I'm I'm hoping he has one more 2022 season in the tank. Yeah, and it feels I think like he possibly does. It feels like it has to come now because you don't want to wait till you're 34, 35, 36 to, to do that. And the reason being, he's at a 54 career war right now. In my opinion, I think Nolan Arenado is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, like if I agree. he if if he retired today, like maybe he falls a little bit short because the you know the committee is a bunch of snobs. But like, <laughs> I I think he's a Hall of Famer. Like I I I I believe I've always believed it. I've never believed in the Coors effect. Um, so I've, I've just wanted him to prove it. And I thought after 2022, like he definitely was on his way, the second year bump, obviously playing a huge part of that. And like you said, he came back down in 2023. So I just need one more season. Give me a five war season, get close to 60 or even better get above 60. And I'm feeling really good Add a couple war here and there over your last final years. And I, I think he's a no doubt hall of famer. Um, but I'm not writing him off just yet. It, it just I, I do think there is some kind of natural decline probably in his power in his range so we might need to readjust our expectations from that top three third baseman to what he is going to look like the next couple of years yep and uh, yeah i agree one more big season lock him in as a hall of famer yeah. and he probably doesn't necessarily need it but it would pretty much guarantee yeah. um and then okay so our number eight i actually did a lot of research into this guy um, because I was, curious. I could tell you did. I, I was tell curious you about his season because it's interesting. But uh, Isak Paredes is mm-hmm. our number eight choice. He is a very young player as well. Didn't I didn't realize how young he was, but he's only twenty four. Um, had a great season. I think he had um, by WRC plus qualified best hitter out of all these third basemen. One thirty seven WRC plus gets on base, uh, hits for power. Interesting season because you look at the raw like metrics and you're kind of sitting here like what mm. he doesn't barrel yeah. the ball he doesn't hit it hard he doesn't mm. hit it like what's going on here and then I, I did a little bit more research he is a prime example of why you pull the baseball in the air if yeah. you want to hit for power and you don't have a ton Go of watch power. that tiktok slash short yeah tells so you everything I, you need to know i made a, a little short about it um but yeah, so he pulls the ball in the air, and that's why he's able to overperform his numbers. If he can continue to do that at this rate, I can see him continuing to be a good hitter. Um, it, but it's 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 definitely dependent on his his numbers. But uh, he pulls the ball fifty percent of the time. He hits the ball in the air almost fifty percent of the time. That's probably a good thing uh, for hitting home runs. So um, yeah, just a if little bit. Can, yeah, if he can continue to execute like that, I think he'll be uh, around this list for a while. Um, his defense needs improvement, but he's not terrible. Um, and I think that he can improve because like I said, this is a very young player. I didn't realize 
how young he was. 24, 20, I think he's going to be 25 this year at some point mm -hmm. during the season. So really young guy. I'm excited to see if he can continue to do this because I love weird players. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah, but what are your thoughts on Paredes? Yeah, like, you know, not super advanced, but like K-rate, super manageable. If it's below 20, I'm, I'm feeling real good, especially with the power numbers he's been putting up. He put the power numbers up in 2022 as well, like 20 home runs in 111 games. So I'm not worried about like him being a one-year wonder with the power because he has 52 home runs over the last basically just over, you know, season and a half worth of games played. Um so I, I'm feeling pretty good in that regard. I don't know how sustainable it is. And a lot of it is due to the things you just mentioned. If I know you're trying to pull the ball in the air, I'm going to put you low and away, you know, and then what are you going to do? So I think now that the book's out on him a little bit, how does he adjust? Is he still going to be able to, to do what, you know, he wants to do? I think he he's going to be fine, but is he going to put up 137 WRC plus season? I don't think so. So it's just, where does it fall? Where does it come mm -hmm. crashing down to? Is it, you know, uh, an egregious fall? I could see that. I don't expect it, but I could definitely see it. Or does it look more like 2022 where, you know, he didn't hit for average, but the, the power was still there. Like, so for, for me, I'm just trying to figure out what that that's going to look like. So I'm, you know, I can fully admit that he had a great season last year and he is getting the, the Gunnar Henderson treatment for me. Like, just show me one more season. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's then, totally fair with him. Then I'll, I'll kind of adjust accordingly. But for now I am a little bit more skeptical on him than I am someone like Gunnar. Uh, just because like you said, like he has a very clear approach at the plate and it, it worked well for him. And I think there's at least half the league <laughs> that, that could benefit from that approach. Um, but for him specifically, again, the book's kind of out on him now. How, how do pitchers pitch to him? How does he adjust? I'm looking at that, and then we'll, we'll kind of see where he falls. So I had him down at nine. You had him at seven. I couldn't put him over Arenado. I thought you were bad shit for that, for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, well, I think, I think you, you're, that's a fair point uh, because he does have all, all these things have to go well for him Yeah, to have this basically. kind of season. Yeah. Um, but this is what he's done in his career. So I will, I'm, I'm hoping he can continue that pace, but I do understand you want to see another full season of that, um, before you definitively lock him in. It's also insane. I don't know what Paredes was as, as a prospect, like what his profile was, how high he ever ranked or anything like that. But it's insane to me that he can go, all right, let me do the math. 57 games in over two years with Detroit, one being the COVID year, which was, which was odd, but 57 games, only two home runs. Right. And, you know, the, the the splits were nothing to write home about. They're actually pretty awful. Tampa Bay trades for him and he explodes like how they can't keep getting away with. They this. can't like, keep getting. But they do. Jun they keep Junior Caminero was was a nobody that they I think he was a player to be named later while that still exists. Or he was just kind of some throw in trade. And I was like the number three ranked prospect in baseball. Like yeah. what is going on in Tampa and why is everyone not? doing what they're doing it I makes know, no sense their their lab is is pretty nuts uh it's insane yeah they, they always like they, the captain they, america super soldier serum or something they always find something where there's seemingly nothing so it's makes it's no pretty sense. well i wouldn't have expected Paredes to be able to do this if i saw him in detroit but somehow they knew yeah so, exactly <laughs> good for them i guess but uh exactly yeah 
Number nine on our list, uh, Matt Chapman, who is still unsigned. No idea what's yeah, going on. Still, the, this 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 feels like a 2018-2019 offseason as opposed to the last few offseasons where we actually got movement in a you know appropriate manner. Uh, uh, Matt Chapman. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> training literally next. next week. Literally next week. Uh, all right, so Matt Chapman. The thing with Matt Chapman, I'll be short and sweet with this. He's been the same player his entire career. Like, I, I think 2019, 2020, when we were doing this list, it's like, oh, can Matt Chapman cut his K rate down? Can he, you know, this, th- th- do that? The answer is no. He's going to strike out, like, above average in terms of third baseman. And sometimes the strikeout numbers are going to be a lot, although it, it's been better since he's been with Toronto. He had that one 36 year or 36 home run year, but typically it's going to settle in that 2025 mark. Last year was a little bit lower because he only played in 140 games. He had 17. Like his offense is not what you're um, getting him for. That's just kind of like, can you be above average offensively? Because we want you to be the best, arguably the best defensive player in baseball, not just at third base. Like he has a platinum glove in his in his resume he's getting older and you know there might be some of that arenado like doesn't quite have the range i I think he's still going to be fine i still think he's worth if a team wants to pay him you know 25 i don't know if i would go to 30 but 25 million dollars a year i'm fine with that um but you know for me it's like we we were trying to figure out matt chapman was going to make that leap into top three you know i'm not trying to make that argument anymore I just know he's comfortably top 10. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think this is probably the lowest I've had him in several years. And that's more just to guys like Gunner, um, guys like Austin Riley making a big jump, you know, and obviously Isaac Paredes, um, you know, having the season he had. But I'm still fully comfortable with the Matt Chapman uh, top 10 um, position. And again, I'm not inclined to, to move off that. Yeah, it's it's really the K rate with his bat. He strikes it, out it, it is entirely high. too much, and you know, because yeah. you look at the the raw the raw metrics, he is I, yeah. I he was like second in barrel rate behind Judge. He hits the ball really hard, and when he hits it, like he's hitting the gaps. Like it's like he's gonna he's gonna go gap to gap. He can hit the homer. He didn't have as many homers this past year, but that's kind of it. Seems like almost a Toronto philosophy. Like their hitting philosophy is more. Uh, opposite gap. field gap to gap so uh, you mm-hmm. know maybe he gets to a, t- a different team in free agency and they unlock his homer again go um, to tampa pull the ball in the air i yeah i mean apparently they can <laughs> make any any guy great so right um but yeah defensively is still excellent um that's not going to change anytime soon i wouldn't think so uh you're you're kind of getting him for the defense and then if he can give you you know a solid offense you're, it's kind of like a bonus. Yeah, you'll take it. Like if he, yeah. if he can go if if he can elevate himself to maybe one of those Oakland seasons one one time two times throughout a contract, you're really th- taking that as a W. Um, For sure. But uh, yeah, no, still still a great player and still consistent. He's cons- he's going to give you a really solid season. He's never year. had a season below a hundred WRC plus, which yeah, I know is was, like league average, but like was, he's uh, always been an above average hitter. Yeah, I think point. he I think he was in Oakland for that as well. So he know, was Coliseum is pretty brutal right. <laughs> at times. He um, was so like he's always been above average, always provided at least a little bit of power and has had those major power out 
outputs. It's just, yeah, he strikes out, but he plays arguably the best defense in baseball. So just like, I think people were looking at him in the wrong light. Yeah. And I I think we maybe jumped the gun as well, trying to put him potentially in the top three. Like, I mean, it was looking, it was like, he was trending. I mean, especially after 2019, like we thought for sure, but then of course 2020 happened and he, he dealt with some injuries as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, still an excellent player. And then at number 10 on the list, arguably guy, the new best defensive third baseman in baseball. Yeah, my guy, Cabrian Hayes. I am a huge supporter of Cabrian Hayes this year. I think he's going to take a big step forward. Um, like Nick said, he is moving into that role as like the Nolan Arenado of like the 2010s, where you're like, this is the guy who's the best defender. Mm-hmm. Like that's how good mm-hmm. Key Brian Hayes is. And he's fine. He finally had his bat catch up. Um, yeah. Solid he, last year. Yeah. He, he had a, a 102 WRC plus, which is nothing crazy, but um, it's just the, the steady progression of his bat because he started with like a pretty weak bat last year. Yes. Was, Week, but not points. as weak. And then 14 this, points from 2022 and yeah. WRC plus Th- this year he became an average hitter with his amazing defense. Um, and I, I can see his, uh, his, his bat continuing to improve. He found his power game. That was a big thing that they were looking for from him. He found it last year, especially as a doubles hitter. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited for him going forward because his ceiling is very high with his defense. If he has like a 120 WRC plus, that's probably like close to a six war season for him because his defense is that elite. So I'm really excited to watch him this year. Pirates are confusing, man. It feels like <laughs> they, they could, you know, they got help some, they out got their, some young their roster. Talent there. Yeah. There's something there. O'Neill but... Cruz, Brian Hayes. They locked up Brian Reynolds long-term. Don't they have another outfielder that was decent? Um, Sawinski actually had a pretty good year. Uh, I don't yeah. know if that's who you're talking Henry about. Henry Davis, right. obviously former number one overall pick, struggled last year. Skeens in now first... in their in their yeah, Paul Skeens. Well. Like it, it feels like they they could, they just aren't because they the aren't parts... supplementing those players with free agents. Right. It's like yeah, Stocker they're using they're using McCutcheon. Yeah, they're using McCutcheon's reunion to like save face, but that obviously Kutch means a lot to that city and that organization. And he was, but it's he like, was good last year. Yeah, you can't hide behind that as your one big move. Like, yeah, Kutch is trying MVP to. <laughs> he was. Yeah, they they're definitely trying to. So, yeah, Pirates are a team to watch, and yeah, Cabrian Hayes, he he needed to be on this list. Like, I was looking at that ten spot, seeing who who had an argument, but he's probably the best defensive third baseman in baseball right now. So, he he yeah. needs to be and, on this list. And I'm assuming that. You were also debating between him and Josh Jung, who you told me was an, an I am. A, a honorable um, mention. So um, if you want to go ahead and talk about him. Yeah, just just real quick. Uh, Josh Jung, World Series champion. Um, he all-star kind of falls. Last year. Yeah, he all-star last year. Uh, he falls into that show me more uh, mm-hmm. category. Uh, a little bit older than some of these other guys made his debut uh, at the tail end of 2022, only 26 games. And then. Uh, only 122 last year, so I would like to see that over a, a full season. The K rate's still really high, but his splits improved mightily from his uh, time in 2022. Um, and you know he's not as young as some of these other prospects, but like he's still young in MLB years. Yeah. So how he adjusts to the game and, and learns pitching, and obviously you, you have some great teammates to learn from: Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, 
Um, you know, those guys, I, I would imagine he takes another step forward. It's just how big of a step forward can he cut that K rate down? Or are we going into Matt Chapman range where Jung plays good defense, but he's not like platinum glove level defense. So it's like, yeah, just show me more, but he had a really strong, I guess he was technically rookie status. Like, yeah. Cause he was in that conversation. Yeah. So 23 home runs and 70 RBIs in a rookie season. Yeah. Fine. Like seven seventy. Yeah, 70, 770 OPS. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I think he needs to be on everyone's radars as a guy that could take another leap forward in 2024. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Well, yep. all right. So we've got our, our 10, uh, third ba- top 10 third baseman complete uh next time we will be heading into the outfield we're going to be doing good stuff rankings for all outfield positions together might go mm-hmm. to a top 15 for that i don't know i think yeah we'll do top 15 and, and yeah just we'll, we might off. we might rattle rattle them off a bit quicker but yeah we're going to be combining all those um so make sure to hit the subscribe button hit like check us out on twitter slash x uh check us out on tiktok at district nationals um district baseball District baseball. Excuse we cover me. the nationals. Yeah, we do cover the nationals, <laughs> and and uh, like Nick, Nick Nick said, we will have a nationals based episode next week, uh, audio only. So make sure to check us out on any podcast uh, platform uh, to get ready for that. So we'll, we'll be starting our Nats coverage for the season, um, but that'll 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 do it. Um, yes, yeah, sir. We'll, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. See you guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.